Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So welcome everyone to this LinkedIn Live. Um, today is actually one of the first LinkedIn Live I've done since uh, a while. I've been on holiday running around Europe. Uh, so I'm kind of rusty, but I'm having uh, Richard Smith from uh, Refract. So Richard, welcome to the, to the show. Delighted to be here, Thibault. And uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me onto your LinkedIn Live sessions. I've just started doing these myself. So um, yeah, hopefully get some good engagement today. Yeah. How is it working for you, actually? I saw you just got them. And uh, what's, your, what's your view on that so far? Uh, yeah, I think I uh, still need to really figure out the best way to do them. Um, the one I did last week was a little bit of a, a car crash. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I think I quite like the idea, like how people can just jump in and, you know, they're not, yeah. they're not these kind of formal webinars or anything. So um, yeah, quite, quite cool. And um, as long yeah. as the content's good, then. Exactly. I think, I think they're pretty nice. I just think it's a very beta thing, you know, like it's very tough to kind of promote them and uh, it's kind of weird, but like, you know, let's not complain. We have it and a lot of people are trying to have them. So that's pretty good. So right. let's get started. We're going to talk about cold calling, which is something I really have a weird relationship to. Uh, and I think you've uh, actually uh, run a boot camp and some really cool webinars about that. So I'm super happy to have you. You're the first person uh, who's actually going to talk about cold calling on all the content I've done. So uh, it's going to be pretty good. But can you maybe present yourself and tell us a bit more about you and, uh, and who you are? Yeah, sure. So Richard Smith, uh, the head of sales, uh, one of the co-founders here at Refract.ai. Um, been in sales for about 13, 14 years now. Uh, started life as an SDR in a, in a tech company. Um, really kind of done all all roles in in sales um uh personally very passionate about coaching and you know really helping the practicing salesperson get better at what they do um and that was one of the reasons that we built the product uh, so refract is technology which captures and analyzes uh sales conversations helping sales leaders understand at scale what's going on in the conversations their reps are having whether they be you know, early funnel conversations through to latest, later funnel um, conversations, uh, giving valuable insights to the mistakes and missed opportunities that are happening in calls, but also the moments of greatness that are taking place uh, and also helping salespeople get better at what they do by um, self-reflecting in their own conversations, listening and understanding what's working well for their, for their peers and colleagues. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of a big, part of my experience in sales and the, the team that I have here is, you know, we're a predominantly outbound uh, focused uh, sales team. Outbound is all I've really known as a, as, as a salesperson. I haven't lived a luxurious life where I've had, you know, 
all these inbound beautiful uh, warm opportunities put on my calendar so that's why you know i'm excited to talk about cold calling and this uh this part of the uh, the sales uh, activity to the audience today exactly exactly it's uh, also when i started sales i was also purely on outbound and the company i started with is still very very bad at anything else than outbound but I've seen the power it can bring. Uh, we were mostly using cold email and uh, it, it worked really well. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, the power of outbound when it's well-structured and when you really realize what you can do is super nice. Right. Uh, one thing I see is everyone says cold calling is dead. You know, that's the big uh, headline, cold calling is dead, blah, blah, blah. What's your take on that? Um, yeah, I mean, that's been, that's been, said for as long as I've been doing sales to be honest that's quite a long time really in the uh, when you when you think about it um, and I never really truly know what people mean when they say that I, do people mean cold calling doesn't work anymore uh, because like the reality is I mean if it didn't I'd probably be asking to be put out of a job and be sacked because I'd be getting my salespeople to do something which is utterly pointless when in fact I I do see cold calling work. I I do cold call myself. I book meetings. I closed a deal last week that stemmed from a a cold call where the guy didn't have a clue who I was, wasn't wasn't expecting my call, didn't yeah. know who ref refract were. So if that in itself proves that cold calling isn't dead, I think I think what people have uh, the people who tend to say that, being brutally honest just haven't worked out how to do it well um and it's a hard thing to admit uh i do accept that cold calling is maybe has you have more success in certain industries and certain personas which I totally buy into that but you can say that about any type of prospecting method that you use um certain methods and approaches work best for certain personas um but you know that all the data shows that if you look even in the the, the period of the pandemic um email response rates were at an all-time low. Yeah. Um, and I think because, as is anything, if people accept that something's dead, everybody flocks to do one other thing, and the noise and the, uh, and the amount of people doing that thing just gets louder and louder, and the, the louder and louder it gets, the harder and harder it is to break through the noise. And um, I always use this rule. like I can count literally on probably two hands now, over the last year, the number of what I would classify as cold calls I've received to my phone. Um, it's not as if I'm being hounded every day and every week. We kind of say, oh, our decision makers, they're just getting hounded by cold calls. I'm sorry, it's not true. Yeah. They're, being, they're being hounded by cold emails, but they're not being hounded by cold calls. So when their phone rings, they're actually more likely to pick it up than to respond to your email. Exactly, exactly. And what do you think is the reason for that? You know, that there's, uh, because you're, you know, it's, it's pretty, if I was to sell into Refract, there's like four or five people I would instantly go and, and, and try to contact and you're one of them because you're head and co-founder. So uh, why do you think people are just like not using that? Again, I think, I think there's a lot of fears and anxieties about cold calling, yeah. which is totally understandable. I've had those fears myself. Um, there's this concept of calling, interrupting somebody, you're a stranger. I can get why all of everything you've been taught in human life tells you that that's the, the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think the second part is that people just don't understand how to do it well. 
they've never been taught how to do cold calls. I, even in my early career, I was never taught how to do a cold call. Um, so there's people don't really have an understanding of the best way to execute. Um, people aren't being coached and trained how to do cold calling well. And it's, it's like anything in life, Thibault, like if you get taught how to do something and you become more knowledgeable at it and you immediately get better at it. And when you get better at something, you get more confident. It's like yeah. anything in life. If you build capability, you build confidence at the same time. So I'd say they're the, they're the two things. And also I think that just, let's face it, it is so much easier just to sit and hide behind the emails every day. Yeah. That's so, that's so true. Actually, that's, um, I think for me, I remember like uh, when I did my first sales job, I was just like very happy that they didn't force us to do cold calling. And um, on one hand, it actually, I got very successful with other techniques and then I kind of like learned how to use them and I never actually had to use cold calling, but like that may change at some point, you know, you never know. Uh, and now I've actually found that I'm not really using cold calling, but I'm using my voice a lot more than before you know, to get in touch with people. Right. Um, but how was your first call, call, call actually? When, when you, you had to just like pick up the phone for the first time, how did you feel? Oh man, terrified. <laughs> um, it's hard to remember the exact call call I do. I remember my first week in my job as an SDR. I was the only SDR in that company. Um, I was in a small company. There was about... I was maybe like the eighth or ninth employee. There was two or three salespeople. They were field sales consultants, so they didn't do cold calling. You know, they were they were much much more uh, experienced than that. Um, and I remember my job was literally to book meetings for these field sales consultants. That was my job. Uh, this was this was before the term SDR even existed. By the way, uh, my title back then was a business development executive pretty much the same thing um and i remember uh, i was kind of given the sort of training in my onboarding of like this the product and this is what it does and these are the types of people we'd look you want to reach out to and these are the benefits and all that kind of stuff um and then i remember there was this it wasn't it wasn't like the phone book but it was like this business directory of like the biggest companies in great britain yeah and in each of these companies, it would tell you uh, who the, it was almost like this is before LinkedIn was a big thing too. It would tell you the names of the people. So I, I, would, I was contacting heads of learning development, heads of training, yeah. and it would have these people listed and it would have the company telephone number. And I was literally just picking, choosing random companies and then just calling these people. And honestly, I was just like, I, I've got no idea what I'm going to say when they pick up. I'm just going to sort of wing it. Yeah. And I remember the office was really quiet. Like, I was like, oh, God, if, if I muck up, what are people going to think? Feels like the whole office is listening into my calls. And I didn't have anybody else doing it alongside me. But you know what? I got by. If, if I could listen back to what my calls sounded like back then, I'd probably kind of cringe a bit now because I was probably very much you know, chucking the product at the, at the prospect. Yeah. And I, and I managed to boot meetings. Um, not sure how, but I managed to do it probably just by sheer effort and just giving it a go. Um, but I didn't have any sort of structure or framework. I really didn't have a, a clue about what I was doing. So yeah, but I, re I remember that it was, it was terrifying. It was like, 
I'm doing something that's totally out of my comfort zone, but I thought, you know what, if I'm going to be successful in sales, I've got to do this and I've got to show that I can do it. Because if I can't, if I can't pick up the phone and call somebody, I might as well not even get into this career in this business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super interesting actually. Like, uh, personally, I like to say I've never done a call call of my life in my life because what a good way I found to, uh, to do it is actually to not consider it a goal call. So a good way for me to, to do that was to go in the, in the CRM and rewarm opportunities. So we had a thing called Power Hour and yep. the, the boss came from California at the time and I was already a seasoned sales guy. So I never, never had to do that. And I was like, oh my God, I need to do it again. And I was just, okay, I'm going to show everyone how to do a call call, even though I have no clue how to do that. Went through the list and I just kept pounding the phone. And then I just started talking to a guy. I said, oh, you know, we talk, blah, blah, blah. And then we just managed to, to build, build like a book a meeting on site. And then everyone stopped in the office and we're like, what did you do? <laughs> and then it was, I felt really good. So, um, but yeah, it's, it was not really a call call. It was just like I basically hacked. I, I, I tricked my brain into thinking I knew the guy and kind of worked this way. Yeah. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great mindset to have. And the reality is, in my opinion, you, you made a cold call. That person didn't know who you were, was yeah. not expecting your call. Maybe they spoke with your company some time ago, but for me, that was a cold call. But in your mind, mentally, you said, actually, this isn't, there is some familiarity here. Yeah. And obviously, if you can call people with some level of familiarity, then that's, that's, that's better than doing it completely cold. I, I totally, totally agree on that front. But there is, to your point, there is no better feeling than booking a meeting on a cold call. You, you get respect. Uh, you get far more respect booking a meeting on a cold call than you do with a cold email. I challenge anybody yeah. on that because for me, there's so much, there is more bravery. There's so much execution. There's more skill that goes into uh, going into that. That's not me dumbing down great personalized emails, you know, because there's, there's obviously a skill involved in doing that too. But, you know, it, it, even better, if you're responsible for booking, uh, for cold calling, where you boot yourself your own meeting and you close your, the deal off the back of it. In other words, you take something completely cold end to end. That for me is true sales execution and yeah. um, something that people should aspire to do. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is, is called cold outreach and cold calling also is a skill you can really use all your life. And no matter what you're going to do is as soon if you invest early on and you master this skill, um, you're, you, you know, it's going to be super helpful. I mean, your co-founder, your head of sales, you're still booking calls, doing call calling. And I'm sure that's something you'll, you'll always do. And, uh, you know, that gets, that can really get you out of trouble at any time. If you really need to do it, you, you can just say, okay, that's something I know how to do. I'll use, I'll use it. And, uh, it's a, it's a good skill to have, I think. Yeah. And here's the thing today, it was officially announced that the UK is in a, the worst recession it's ever been in. Um, it's probably going to be very similar in other parts of Europe. Um, but what you can do is prospecting and pipeline generation is the solution to, to most problems in, in, in the, in the world of sales. Yeah. And if you know, yes, the economy is in a bad place, but ultimately if you can, if you can generate pipeline, generate opportunities, fine. You know, there are, there are companies out there who are still doing very well and still spending money. Yeah. Um, it's, it's no, we're no longer, but we're no longer in this economy. I think where loads of opportunities are just going to come, come straight to you. 
yeah. companies are companies are tightening the purse strings and they're being much more selective about what they spend money on. So it's your duty as a as a salesperson to go and find those op- opportunities, and um, you know not just bank on them coming coming to you. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so, so let's say for anyone who, who wants to get started, you know, they they just like they know how they have to do it and they want to start with calculating. Do you have a few tips um, to give them? Yeah. Um, so first of all, like, and I, and this isn't just specific to cold calling, but I'd say with sales in general, this might sound like, you know, woe is me and aren't I, you know, so unfortunate. But when I was starting in sales and probably this is similar to, you, to yourself, uh, Thibault, I'm going to predict that I'm a, I'm a bit older than, uh, than yourself, um, is, <sighs> When we, when we were young and doing the, the role of sales, there wasn't the Bible of great content readily available for salespeople. Like when I was starting, LinkedIn was this kind of, it was just sort of launching, but it was kind of like people were still using it as almost just a, a digital sort of CV site. That was all it really was then. Yeah. When you compare it to what it is now, it is like, as a, if you were starting in sales tomorrow, you could learn everything you need to execute by just following people and on LinkedIn and immersing yourself in content. It is, it is a ridiculous amount of free content, good content there is that is accessible for, for people. And, you know, it, you will not need to go far to find good content on things like good practices on cold calling. And that's the same in anything in sales. So first of all, do not take for granted the amount of great stuff that is at your fingertips as a salesperson and don't just rely on your company. You know, the chances are your company isn't giving you the coaching and the training that you, you need. That's just what I found generally speaking. But if, if you're serious about wanting to get better, just spend time on LinkedIn and, and you'll, you'll, you'll learn some, some good stuff. Um, so that's the first thing I do. Secondly, um, I would start to understand and learn a framework that you can leverage that you can rinse and repeat uh, and I did a taught a, a framework that I found worked right, really well for me. It's not the best, I'm not saying it's the best and the only method that, that exists in the world is my cold calling optics framework. Um, did a webinar on it with uh, Jason Bay a couple of weeks ago, uh, had a lot of positive feedback, you know, watch that and you will find that you can quickly adapt what you do as a company into that framework. Um, thirdly, I'd start a practice. It's like you will not get good at cold calling just by, just overnight, yeah. you know, I, I'm a big advocate of role play, buddy up with a partner, a colleague and practice role playing scenarios out with you. Tibo, I'm sure you do a lot of this in your um, coaching with, 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 with reps and, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll probably let you speak for the impact that good quality role play can do and just getting people, you know, really confident okay. in, in certain uh, specific. Um, and then the final thing I, I just is, remove your remove this this speaks to some of the fears that people have with calling is remove yourself from the outcome people people the reason that people get so nervous about cold calling is they get so hung up on i need to book a meeting someone picks up the phone i've got to convert this stop worrying about the outcome yeah because the more that you worry about the outcome the more that you're going to sound needy on the phone you're going to you're going to probably 
do things and, and shoehorn people into meetings. You're going to get too, you're just going to get nervous and anxious. Just go into, instead of thinking about booking a meeting on a cold call, just think about my objective is to find people who've got a problem yeah. that, I, that I might be able to fix who wants to talk with me a little bit more. And when you start to think of cold calls in that way, they immediately start to become easier. So yeah, there's, there's my kind of top tips for anybody who's thinking of doing this that haven't done it before some good uh good starters so if i summarize there's like follow people on linkedin and then just learn content just you know follow thought leaders people who are doing it and sharing results uh there's like uh using kind of a framework that i've just dropped uh on the like the uh prospecting blissful prospecting tour basically uh then you have role play coaching yep. trying things and then uh the last one was like do not worry too much about the outcome you know just right. go and, uh, and ship these kind of things. Right, exactly. And talking about the framework, can you maybe like hint us on a few things, you know, like about this framework you shared? Yeah, well, the, the premise of the optics framework, and it's, it's kind of like really ties into my whole um, kind of ethos of selling is all about being problem first. Um, and one thing that I used to do in sales, which was one of my, which one of my deficiencies was I thought sales was all about just pitching the product. Yeah. And like if I pitch the product, you know, I'm a big believer in the product. I chuck features. I use fancy words. Um, people are going to buy. And it took me a while to realize that's not, that's not what people buy. People don't buy your products and features. They buy solutions to problems. Um, and when it comes to prospecting, one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is that they lead with their, their product. Yeah. And if you think about it, if you cold call somebody, that person's attention span is on a really small, it got them a small window because they were probably doing something completely different when you called them, especially if they weren't expecting your call. They've never heard of you or your company before. You're a distraction. Yeah. And you've got to get that person away from thinking about the task that they were doing 10 seconds ago into basically processing the words that are coming out of your mouth. So if you think that your pitch of we sell artificial intelligence driven, you know, uh, network solutions, blah, 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 blah. That stuff is just not going to make any sense. Yeah. Even to a technical person, because guess what? You, they, were, they were doing something different. What resonates with that person is specific, almost, I almost call them quite um, uh, childish by the way that they describe really simplistic words and terminology that just describes the problems that that person that you're calling would solve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I sell a lot to VPs of sales. So my pitch is all about, you know, we help, we help VPs of sales solve two key problems. And one of those is that frustrated that they're having, their team are having lots of conversations with prospects, but none of those seem to be converting to, to deals and they don't know the reason why. Yeah. I haven't mentioned the product. I have, I've just mentioned that the, that the problem in very simplistic terms. And it's, I realized that, you know, from the, and this is in my optics framework is that if you start to, um, lead with problems and if you as long as you know what those problems are for your persona that's that's a key part people start to listen and want to find out more better than just you chucking your product at them 
Exactly. And, and there's one, uh, it's, it's very, yeah, I totally share this point of view on uh, leading with problems. That's why for me, any kind of program, training program I do, I always start with identifying your ICP and then what problems they're trying to solve and different level of ICP there. One, right. one example I've actually had recently with Grammarly, I sent like, um, I have Grammarly on all my stuff and on my computer, I started sending like writing a really long uh, email after a good discovery call detailing what we would be doing. And then basically what happened is I have the free version of Grammarly. So they tried to push me to premium what they did. So I clicked on send and then a small message alert arrived and they said, you have eight admins mistakes. Are you sure you want to send this message with that, that many mistakes? And I was like, what? And then I just like, I clicked on cancel and then I was, oh, they tried to send me something. So I didn't buy, but like, if they said, uh, you know, like increase your read rate by 300% thanks to all this, I would have even not even noticed it. You know, right. so they said, you have this amount of mistakes. Are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, oh no, I don't want. And so that, that's, that's really the, the thing here is if you lead with problems, people with their uh, negativity bias, I think, will just like pay way more attention. And that's a good way to, uh, to start conversation basically. Right, I think that's a great. I think that's a great example of a company that's doing doing that really well. Um, and I, I, I think key to all of this that you mentioned is like understand your ICP. I think part of the challenge is a lot of salespeople don't truly understand that because they've never done the job of their ice of their of their personas that they sell to. You know, if you sell to, I don't know, VPs of engineering, you've never actually wrote, wrote a line of code in your life as a starting point you've never led a development team yeah. um so you've got to really understand what the problems are those personas face and so that's why you know things like interviewing prospects interviewing customers is a really good starting point before you start to lead you've got you can only lead with problems if you know what those problems actually are and a lot of people i think don't don't truly know what those problems are and that's why they resort back to just selling their product which doesn't work Exactly, exactly. Okay. Uh, and so in EMEA, actually, in Europe, especially, so you, I know you're just like in Europe for just a few more months. Who knows, actually, maybe not. You stay gonna for a while. <laughs> but like, what's the, a lot of people say selling in, uh, through, calling through the phone in Europe is not really the best idea ever. Uh, what's your point of view on that? Yeah, so you mean like people working from home, hard to get a hold of people? Yeah, there's also some regular regulation, regulatory stuff, like a few things like that. Yeah, so, well, I think, you know, it is true that a lot of people are working from home right now. Um, and I actually think that's a, that's a real benefit for cold calling because your prospects aren't in, tied up in internal meetings every day. Um, they've, got less, they've got less reasons to not want to speak to you, basically. Um, and actually we found that refract we've, we found at times connection rates have been really strong. Okay. Um, I do think you need good data for that. Um, you know, I think that's why, you know, where we, we use, uh, we use lead IQ, um, for, for data. I think data is really, is really key. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's like, unless, unless you, uh, unless you've got getting good connection rates, um, then it, it's it's going to be it's going to be hard to make a, a case, but that's why we big big advocates of investing in in good data tools. Um, but also, you'll be surprised what we found is that a lot of people, because they are working from home almost indefinitely, they've actually um, they've actually got their uh, 
their numbers kind of redirected to their personal phones because they know they're not going to be in the office. So like, we're, we're still seeing quite a bit of success from calling to office numbers okay. and, and, you know, receptionists, for example, putting people through to their, to the, to the prospects who are working from home just via their, their redirected number. So, um, uh, so yeah, I, I, but again, like I, I, as is with anything, mix up your prospecting cadence you know don't don't just be don't just use the phone try all all forms of of, of outreach but but make sure that calls are in there as, yeah. as part of that okay okay i see and so regarding tools is there any tools you would recommend to simplify calling you talked about lead iq uh any other tool you would share um yeah i mean there's lots i mean i think um i think there's you know depends if, if you're I know there's 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 great platforms like um, connect and sell for example who are doing uh, basically taking away the, the problem of dealing with gatekeepers and they're basically their, their solution um, helps to just generate conversations for people prospecting and, and removing the, the challenges of voicemails or, or gatekeepers or phone systems um, definitely definitely check those out um, I think make sure you've got a good um, a good uh, VoIP platform. So we, you know, we big fans of Aircall here at Refract for for telephony. Um, <clears throat> uh, make sure you've got a good headset <laughs> as well um, for just. I, I I sometimes hear people's calls and I'm like, it sounds like they're talking through a, a sock. You know, it's 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 so muffled. So make sure you've got a, a good headset. Um, but also invest in products like Refract so that you can actually replay and analyze your conversations and uh, see um, see how you can improve and share your calls with your, with, with your peers. So yeah, shameless plug there. No worries. That's uh, you know it's also it's also the the goal. But I I think this kind of like uh, um, what's the category? It's a new category you guys are in. Uh, it's called uh, sales yeah. revenue intelligence or something like that. Conversation intelligence is um, kind of the what it's being renowned as, um, although it's moving towards, but we're kind of you know calling revenue intelligence because it's actually looking at the value of conversations is so much more than just the sales team because yeah. actually the conversations that salespeople are having with customers is valuable for all areas of a business, you know, because you know if I if I just take refract, we can in the in a few seconds find out which competitors are being mentioned on our calls. Um, my product team can hear which product integrations or product features are being asked for or talked yeah. about by customers more. Um, the type of messaging that our prospects are using is useful for marketing. They can hear how, how are our prospects describing the problems that they've got. Yeah. This is so much more than just helping sales, which is obviously the primary use case. It's actually, it's actually this is, this is voice of the customer, which is, is valuable for so many different teams in, in, in a business. Yeah. And what if it was also training machine learning algorithms so they can replace all of us? Maybe. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I never say never. I think we're a long way away from that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, on the point of that, artificial intelligence is only becoming more prominent. Um, I think we're a long way away from it. Yeah replacing salespeople, but I think um, we're not far away from it replacing bad salespeople, put it that way. Luckily, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, it's like the bad, bad buying experience, exactly. 
So we, we can jump now to questions. Uh, so people, if you have questions, drop them here. We have one mini observation from Stephanie here. She says, I saw someone describe cold calling script like this. See yourself as a scientist. Scientists do tests and if one of the things does not work, they do not stop being a scientist. They try something else. So I think that that's a very good observation. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's sales, is, you know, to, 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 to Stephanie's point, sales is a science. Um, for a long time, it was described as an art, you know, whoever can, you know, the, the cheeky choppy and whoever can, you know, uh, get their prospects wrapped around their finger and all this rubbish um, doesn't really wash anymore. Uh, sales is about um, finding something that works and replicating it. It's about, you know, understanding the messaging, the, the terminology that, that, that works best. That's why, you know, tools like Refract exist to help companies understand what's actually working in their conversations. And I think so much of sales is about split testing. Yeah. Um, you know, you could say different cold call approaches. Absolutely. It's the same to emails, like which email messaging gets the best responses. Um, every, everything in sales, in my opinion, is about testing and refinement and everybody's always looking for that silver bullet. Um, but I don't think we ever get a silver bullet because even the stuff that worked last month might not necessarily work as well this month. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. To Stephanie's point, great point. I think it's everything is about refinement and, and testing and seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I think, I think it's great. And, and, uh, yeah, that's the thing is it's, uh, it's involving humans and we are, you know, like kind of developing technologies to get in touch with people at, at the time it was like walk-ins then fax and emails and call calls and social selling. Right. And so the idea is now, um, you know, you have to kind of uh, maybe come back to what was before, you know, walk-ins can work really well. Like uh, in the wild prospecting can be called. So maybe not anymore for now, but temporarily, but like things are, you know, it's about really adapting. And whenever you find something that works really well, just enjoy the wave while you can, but just plan for, for it to stop working at some point. So it's yeah, really brilliant, brilliant point. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, okay. Um, good. So, so I think, you know, I don't think we have more questions. I we have one. Uh, any tips on pointing out someone's pain point without making them feel like you're pointing out a fault they have in their company? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think first of all, um, one of the, one of the biggest weaknesses that salespeople have is this thing called need for approval. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's got at least a little bit of need for approval. At least most people do. What it means is basically one of the, the things that holds salespeople back is they're afraid to say things in case it annoys uh, their prospects or pisses their prospects off, to put it bluntly. So they they don't say it. And oftentimes when they don't, you know, the most effective salespeople that, that I've worked with have never been afraid of, you know, asking the tough questions um, obviously asking it in the right way uh, because oftentimes when you ask, ask the tough questions, you get the answers back from prospects that let you know, okay, is this, is this actually a problem or is this not a problem? Yeah. And I've often found when we don't ask those, what might feel like tough questions, we never really get the full picture back. And that's why so many salespeople end up chasing dead end opportunities and have too many opportunities stuck in a kind of a no decision uh, zone. Um, so, you know, I, th I think 
ultimately my approach of talking about two problems that that a customer might have is I say, you know, these are problems that we commonly hear from speaking with others in your role. You're not saying that this company definitely has those problems. You're saying people like you that I speak with share with me these challenges. Do yeah. any of these sound like they're things that are similar to what you're facing? Because, yeah. you know, if that person says no, they don't have those problems, then fine. Like, maybe you can't help them. Move on and find someone that you can help. You're never going to be able to sell to everybody. So, yeah, first of all, don't be afraid at asking things in case it pisses people off. I think as long as you're asking them in the right way, within reason, it's often when you ask those things, you get, you actually invest time with prospects who are actually, you've got a more chance of actually helping and selling to. Um, secondly, when you position those problems, don't, as long as you position them as things that you've, you know, you've seen in similar companies that you've worked with and you're being honest about that um then all you're doing is trying to find people that you can help and, and sales is all about essentially helping people at the end of the day exactly exactly okay good so i think yeah we're we're good now so any kind of like uh you can you know like anything you want to talk about like uh, about the refract and and where people can get in touch with you yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to do a big uh, pitch of Refract. Um, if people want to, you know, find out more about what we do, um, you know, just go to our website, refract.ai. Um, I'm quite active on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect with me. I share a lot of, you know, posts and content about sales best practices that people might find useful. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, again, hopefully this has been valuable for, the, for your network, uh, Thibaut. People have been tuning in. I've really enjoyed uh, the discussion and um, yeah, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. And I've dropped like uh, the website to refract the interview to your framework and also your LinkedIn uh, profile on the comments. Cliff says very helpful. Thanks. So yeah, I think that was very helpful. Great conversation. And uh, then just like give a Richard a follow because you also post very tactical content and also it's on spot. It's not like all over the place. It's really about specific things about sales and I uh, really like it. So thanks Appreciate for that. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Yep. Cheers. Bye.